Hey, so I guess you had a great trip to Hawaii, but a long walk back from the from the gate <laughs> break my heart after after spending a week on vacation. But while you were gone, Keith, we didn't think anything was going to happen. Yeah, we were hope. I was hoping nothing would happen because you'd have done an emergency uh, FaceTime with me, and we would have had to. I would have had to insult you from the from the beach in Poipu on the island of Kauai. So. Uh, I guess there were some there were some things going on. Did uh, did Saga sell? No, no, no. But we're going to talk about that and who might be lining up to to buy it. And speaking of who might be lining up to buy it, we're going to talk a little bit about Media Insultant reaching out. Okay. And when was the last time you watched NBC at ten o'clock? Uh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it may no, not matter in the future. Uh, yeah. No. That's <laughs> past my bedtime. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. We're back with another episode of Media Insultant. Uh, this is where Keith and I get together and give our comments and opinions on what's going on. We primarily target radio and TV people, and both in and out of the business. In uh, the Pacific Northwest, I'm Jackson Weaver, and we're, uh, we're beginning to wind down the final days of summer as we pass Labor Day and get into September. Keith, you're down in L.A. It's always nice in L.A., right? Well, it's, it hasn't been nice this weekend. Uh, our Labor Day weekend was in the hunt, triple digits. We were 105 yesterday here at the Casa. And believe me, that's that's hot in L.A. I think the low was like 80. So, oh, it was like living in La Quinta. Except <laughs> that we're not La Quinta. We're not ready for that. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty oppressive uh, heat wave the last week and a half. We missed most of it. Hey, it's sunny. It's just That's, hotter than hell. So yeah. Well, welcome, welcome back from Hawaii, and uh, welcome back to uh, getting back into the media insultant group. As as we do this each Tuesday and Friday, of course. So Keith and I would like to welcome you to the Tuesday, September sixth episode of Media Insultant. Keith, you know, we have Ed Steenman on staff right. <laughs> here at Media Insultant. Ed is, uh, Ed's an agency guy in town who is our auto expert. When we need to know what's going on in the car business, and particularly in terms of advertising on radio and TV, we, we call Ed. And so we've been talking the last couple of weeks, maybe even a little longer, about social media and how to make it effective for a radio or TV station and how so often it's just a waste of time. We talk about engagement. We talk about relating it to the radio station. So he sent me an interesting post from the Seattle Odyssey station, The End, 107.7, which is Seattle's alt station. They had posted on Facebook a question. What's the best free thing you can do in Seattle? Okay, what's the best free thing you can do in Seattle? Now, to be okay. fair, a couple of people did post legitimate free things you can do in Seattle. You can walk around Alki. You can uh, visit the Ballard Locks. You can go to on the Space yeah. Needle. You can you can go. Nope, Space Needle through. is Space Needle's not free. You gotta you gotta pay. You can, you can walk, walk around the base. Though. You can look up at the Space Needle. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Or you can walk through Pike Place Market. My so, favorite is my favorite is going to Kinnear Park up on Queen Anne Hill, and you look down right over all of Seattle, all the way down to Rain, you know Mount Rainier. It's it's yeah. it's a, the most incredible spot in the city. You can walk through the Pike Place Market. Yes, yes, lots of great free things to do in Seattle. Great memories of doing free things in Seattle. 
But Keith, apparently only a small minority of people in a sad commentary on uh, the decline in Seattle as an Emerald City, only a small percentage of the people who responded said kind of positive things like that. I, I don't think they end got the reaction they wanted. So <laughs> here, here's some of the responses to what's the best free thing you can do in Seattle. Leave it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take a dump on a millionaire's front yard. Well, that's act, fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Act like locals and beg for money. Uh, <laughs> shoplifting at Target with no consequence. Just grab what you want and walk out. Sure. The homeless camp tours. I thought that was a good idea. Okay. And the last I checked, they had almost 100 replies. Almost all of them in this negative tone. So, <laughs> so be our, careful our what le- you ask for. <laughs> our, yeah, exactly. Our social media lesson for the day is that the post didn't have anything to do with the radio station and while it offered some engagement i'm not sure that's exactly what they wanted when odyssey posted this question so, on social media so did, so did ed report that 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 the market managers net your friend jack hutchison that called the social media manager in and say so how did we do with that how did that go <laughs> oh the good news is we had a hundred responses in two hours the bad news is they were, they were all, all negative. Loud. Yeah, <laughs> some of them were pretty creative, though. I, I got to tell you, some of them I thought were pretty creative. Okay, we're going to do something. We're not going to give away tote bags. We are not going to do uh, any begging. Uh, there's no no special gift CDs. But here's the deal: we have been doing media consultant now for well. In August, it was our second anniversary, Keith. Yeah, yeah something yeah, like come, that. Yeah. Yep. I think we've done well in excess of 150 episodes, and it's been an enormous amount of fun. But it uh, does take some time. It takes quite a bit of time and some money. And so we're going to do something that we, we we promise we'll never go overboard on this. What we'd like to do is just ask anybody that, uh, that could to support us. There's a QR code on the video, or you can just send it to InTown Media's Venmo account. Just just look for in InTown Media on Venmo. And we just would appreciate any support you can give us. Any contribution would would be uh, really appreciated. We always love your input. If you can if you can help us with a little support, it would be appreciated. Okay, that's it. That's the end of the fundraising at this point. We are going to devote a big hunk of media insultant to the unfolding of the Saga communication story because, frankly, this Keith is one of the last of the pure play radio groups that appear to be in the process of changing hands because Ed Christian, who was the founder and CEO of mm-hmm. Saga, as you well know, died last week rather unexpectedly, throwing the future of the company with 79 stations and 27 markets into doubt and, frankly, a lot of random speculation. And so we're going to randomly speculate here, Keith. <laughs> well, well, and I think this random speculation is caused by the fact that didn't Ed and his family own two thirds of the stock of this of, of Saga, so everybody's speculating that the family is going to go. Let's let's sell. Let's get let's, let's get let's liquidate, and the uh, the other investors are, are what most mostly institutional investors, a few pri- few private uh, stockholders. But the stock's held up pretty well. It's one of the highest stock prices in all of radio, at, you know, fluttering a little bit above twenty dollars a share. If this is a um, uh, this is a really good little radio group, and I don't mean little from the standpoint of the number of stations. It's a good-sized radio group, but they're just in small to medium-sized markets. 
and Ed put together a, a wonderful collection. Uh, you know, he's, he's curated. Is that the new term? He's curated a mix of, uh, of everything from Asheville, North Carolina, which is like the hippest city in the southeast, to Brattleboro, Vermont. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's really cool New Englandish. Hilton Head, South Carolina. And then he's got places like Charlottesville and and uh, and and Harrisonburg and and Charleston and Champaign, Illinois. He's got he's got a nice boutique collection of, sta- of stations, Jackson. I I think I think this is really saleable. What do you think standing in the way of them? You know, really putting together an attractive uh, deal. Well, you bring up a couple of really good points. He does have a good market list, Keith. Um, what happened is when he, when he died, he had sixty six percent of. The voting shares, not ah. the equity, not the common shares, the voting shares. Ah, okay. So he, each one of his shares had a 10 to 1 voting ratio, as I, as I recall. So, But interestingly, when he died, it reverted to only 16% overnight. So basically, he went from being controlling stockholder to just being a stockholder, a substantial oh. stockholder, but only with 16%. So now the question is, and, and your, your point on the stock is right, it's held up relatively well, but if you look at the last 10 years, the stock has slowly floated down from the mid-40s to the low-20s. Sadly, when he died, the stock took a bump up. <laughs> Talk about Grim Reaper. That well, was, yeah, because they go, oh my God, people are going to sell it. There's going to be a premium on this, on this stock price. On let's, this stock let's, price. Let's, let's, let's get in and take care of it. You know, but their but their revenues held up. I mean, he's they've bounced back. You know, in twenty twenty one, you know, pretty decently. Well, their revenue came back to they did one hundred and eight million last year, but they nineteen they did a hundred and I think about one hundred and twenty or no one hundred twenty three in nineteen, and okay. over the years again, if you look back over the last ten twelve years, the revenue has slowly sagged. They they were doing they declined from about one hundred and forty million to one hundred and eight million. So. The the EBITDA has remained relatively, uh, relatively the same in the low mid twenties range, but you know there's this slow decline, this ice cube kind of effect that's mm. slowly melting that that value away. But it could be argued that there's little growth left, Keith. These these markets that he's good in, and he is very good operation in market after market, but mm. they've wrung most of the the money out of those markets. So is there a potential to buy these stations and actually grow them? What What do you think you'd do if somebody walked in and said, here are your Saga stations, get to work, Keith? Yeah, well, I thought about that because, you know, if we do raise enough money on Venmo, maybe we can get our $100 million, hey. which, is, which is what they're estimating is what this, co- what this group is going to sell for at a, what, five to six times multiple, uh, puts it at about $100 million. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but this is a debt-free Radio group, okay? No, they're, they're, no, no, they're not debt free. They're okay, not debt free. So they're, they're, they've debt. got about okay. 20, 20 million in debt, but it's it's but it's they're in, in radio speak. That's debt free. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's uh, right. It's, so, uh, but you're right. Where is the growth? If you're going to put a hundred million into this, you're going to want some return on that, and you do it two ways. You do it by cutting expenses, or you do it by uh, uh, raising revenue, or both. It's easier to cut expenses. It's not as easy to grow revenue, and I think I, you know. So you're right. They've probably rung Ed and his team have probably rung every last dollar they can or they could every year out of those markets for their stations. Um, now Ed has complained recently, prior to his passing, that the big groups, the uh, iHearts, the Odysseys, 
the, the cumuluses and others were rate cutting, were, were packaging, were pricing to, you know, to, to below cost levels just to get the business and keep it get the shares. going to, yeah, get the shares, keep the business from going to the other stations in the market like Saga. Um, that's not going to change. So when you go, you buy these markets, you come in. So where's the growth going to be? I think you made the point in, in our prep conversations, or at least in your notes, was that perhaps it's the fact that this group has only done radio. They're just a radio-only company. They don't really give a rip about digital. They don't give a rip about necessarily uh, events. Uh, you know, events. Well, well, they do some of the events, but you know, most of all the digital plays, all the social, the, the SEO, all the you know the third-party repping of Facebook and Google. They haven't done that. So that, that to me, is probably where somebody's going to eye the growth potential in markets that they're not already in to perhaps do that. Now, we saw that with Town Square's purchase of Cherry Creek earlier this year, and that was like an $18 million deal. That was chump change compared to what this deal's going to be. That's why I don't think Town Square's going to cough up $100 million to do this, because they'll never get the digital revenue out of these markets to make that up. Right. Right. It's 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 where, whose portfolio does this fit? And when you look at the market list, I don't think it fits anybody's portfolio. I think it's <laughs> it fit. I think it's going to be. I think they're going to go off in uh, in 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 pieces because some pieces fit certain groups and other pieces fit other groups. And so I think this is going to be an interesting thing to watch because I don't think they're going to get one buyer for a hundred million bucks. Well, you know, uh, Gary Stevens is chairman of the board. Gary's a longtime media broker. He's been on the board for. 20 years or something like that so my hunch is he's working the phones right now you know so let's talk about that who do you think he's calling i mean first of all don't you think everybody discount- <laughs> well no but don't you think you, you don't call cumulus you don't call odyssey you don't call iHeart, you don't call those guys do you no but you take their call yeah well yeah but i don't see any of them seeing any value in this this is so this would be more disruptive to the stations and to to their operation than than not and plus but if you're odyssey you don't have a hundred million bucks sitting around you got 40 million to buy a pineapple podcast company but but nothing that'll contribute to your core revenue no but but i bet he's calling like our friend ron stone and calling ron and going ron what about ocala what about uh, this or that you know there's some markets on here that would be a good fit for his group for adams um, yes shoot you know who's going to buy bellingham well, you know, that's if you break it up. I, I, I still think it's going to have the most value going out as one unit and okay. as, as one right. company. And so it'll, it'll be interesting. Or if it's broken up, it'll be broken up simultaneously. Three stations will go to this group. Four will go to this group. Three will go to that group. You know, they'll break it up like that. I don't see them cherry-picking the stations off one at a time over the next year or so. I just I don't I don't I don't think the board would do that, mm, particularly mm. because they continue to be publicly traded. If they're gonna move oh, to okay. being privately held or move to converting to stock in another company, they're gonna want to do that pretty simultaneously. I mean okay, gotcha. Hubbard, how about Hubbard? Does Hubbard sure. make any sense? Beasley? It's it's a matter of who's got some who's got the money to do this and not and and who can take on some some bit of debt to do this. And well, and maybe there's some investors that that just will take it for a hundred million and 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 cash everybody out, and then and then piecemeal it. So there could be a step in between. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, where, I think uh, this, where the, it where in town media ventures buys it for a hundred million, <laughs> and and then we split it up, and 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 get and, and get twenty additional million on the split up. We yeah. just you know. 
just just incre- incremental value because it has more yeah. value in some markets than than in others. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that that major investors are are the ones who are holding ninety four percent of the common stock right now, and so I think the real question is how anxious are they to get out of the radio business? And if you look at the stock price as it slid, and I'm not counting dividends here, but you just look at the raw stock price, and it has slid to about half of what it was ten years ago. My hunch is they're going to say, "What are we hanging around for? We need, yeah, exactly, we need, exactly. We need to be out of here." Now you know, but the other thing about this group is that is that um, you know, and I I know one of the managers that that runs the Northern Florida properties, good solid manager. Ed was a Ed was a pretty hands on guy, but he has good well run clusters in, he does. in these markets. He does. Um, th- this is a well run company. This isn't a train wreck. But your sources are better than mine in terms of what what it's like for them after Ed's passing. You know, is there a void in that leadership or are they all just going, oh, thank God I can do my job? What are you hearing? Well, I really like the new CEO, the interim CEO. He came from the board. I can't remember his name, but he's been on the board for a long time and they seem to know him and seem to to quite like him. So I think that's positive. I think you'll see a continuation of the same kind of thing. Actually, uh, without Ed around, Ed was a bit of a micromanager from what I hear. You know, managers mm-hmm. would say, you know, well, I'm supposed to report to, you know, to this guy. And then Ed calls me back it and is. says, well, you know, add that record or whatever. It's not quite that detailed. But um, so they may actually have a little more freedom. And frankly, the CEO and Gary Stevens are going to be figuring out what to do with the company. That's gotcha. going to be their focus. And so the managers, I think, are going to be free to pretty well run the radio stations the way they want to. Now, the one other thing about this is that what the board needs more than anything is they need a dark horse. They need somebody to keep the value up. If Warshaw's the only one who comes to the table, mm-hmm. yep. you know, then then Warshaw will be able to get it for a, a better price. They need a, a dark horse. They need somebody. Okay. And, that, that, and, and it was mentioned in the trades that Warshaw was sniffing around, wasn't it, with his... Uh, his former is investing in the investment group that's backing him. A former Apollo guys are, are are in this conversation apparently. That's what I've heard too. the The problem I see with Warshaw is this is a hundred million dollar deal. He's got an ego that wants a billion dollar deal. That's why he's going after oh. Cumulus. And good. you know, I, I I'm not sure I see Warshaw doing it, but he's sniffing. Because maybe he figures if he buys Saga, he can prove that he can run these and he can leverage it into something with Cumulus. I don't know. Anyway, we keep an eye on it. It's the most interesting transaction we've had in a long time. Yes, and, it is. you know, we, uh, we, we certainly support all the Saga managers and a great group of people, great group of senior management. Hope this works out really well for all of them and they don't end up with a dickhead running the group. <laughs> Oh, no, I wasn't talking about Lou Dickey. I was talking about dickheads in general. Oh, no, no. Lou wasn't a dickhead. All right. John's another story, but Lou wasn't a dickhead. Well, okay, we could argue that another time. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. Maybe Lou, maybe I had that reversed. I forget. No, no, I think you had it right. It's been so long since we've had the Dickey brothers to to, uh, kick around, so there you go. So one more thing that uh, before we run here, uh, NBC is relinquishing their 10 to 11 p.m. prime time to local stations. This is really interesting, except for one thing. What would we miss? What's on 10 well, to well, 11 we, we that would, we would we, miss? We would miss uh, all those Chicago, st- Chicago shows. Yeah, yeah, it's a Chicago right. Fire, Chicago this, Law and Order. We'd miss New Amsterdam and, and the reboot of Quantum Leap. There you go. None of which I've ever watched. 
But right. by the way, they're not they're not relinquishing it yet. They're considering it. Yes, this but is under consideration. Yeah, I but it, it, this is this is not a trial balloon. They will relinquish it in the 23-24 season. You can be sure. I, I just I don't see that changing. Now, this is Monday through Friday. Okay. So people don't have to worry about football on the on the weekends. Here's what's interesting, Keith. NBC is the leading network in over-the-air television today. Okay. They have a primetime average of a .48 rating. .48. Well, let's round up, and let's just call it a half, half a rating. Half a point. Yeah. Half a point, that's it? That's, that's a half a point that's the, that makes them the leading NBC, or the leading network affiliate. So the local stations wow. now, what are the local stations going to do? They have 10 to 11 they now have to fill. Keith? What's the natural thing for any local television station to do to backfill an extra hour? News. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. More news. More, <laughs> More news. news. You know, what's interesting, Jackson, is that, um, is that NBC tried this before. Back in 2009, they dropped their primetime programming from 10 to 11. It's a little bit different. And they moved Jay Leno to 10 to 11. Okay. And so I guess you could, you know, figure out what you wanted to carry. And if you wanted to delay, you know, do a half-hour news and delay Leno till 1030, I'm sure people did that. And that experiment lasted all of three months. You're right. So, you know, we'll see what this, we'll see what this is. But, yeah, if I, you know, I guess the option is, is that I could run from news from 10 to 11. And then I could run um, uh, the Tonight Show. News from 11 to 12. The Tonight oh, Show. the Tonight Show at 1130. You know, at 1030 instead of 1130. So it's kind of like Central Time. It's kind of like a Chicago station. You know, it's like the you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if the network just, will let them do that. They, they well, might. That, they, that's what but, they said could be the possibility is that they could. Um, you could run your local news, and then you're going to run, you know, the Tonight Show later. Now that or earlier, and that by an hour. You know, uh, otherwise, you know, what, 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 what are you going to do? You know, fill fill an hour. I guess you could do an hour late news. Well, but, you know, it, here in here in this market, King uses their KONG affiliate, the station they own, Kong, and they do a newscast from ten to eleven. I think ten to eleven. Yeah, ten yeah. to eleven, and then they have the King newscast from eleven to twelve, which basically is is a repeat. Now, one of the things I was excited about is finally, after all of these years, finally, because King owns Kong, they could talk about King. Kong newscasts. Go ahead. Oh, Tell me. Oh. That isn't the worst thing you have ever heard. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that, no, oh, oh. So this whole lead up was to get to King Kong. Kong News. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Or is All it right. Kong King? I'm oh, no, sure. it's King Kong. It's King Kong. Or is it Donkey Kong? I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so it's gonna it'll be interesting. Uh, I don't think they'll drop all those shows that they're running at ten to eleven. I think they'll just jam them down at nine o'clock, and and whatever's on at nine is gonna get crushed. Uh, but then then you bump into the voice. You can't preempt the voice. Don't mess with the voice. Yeah, that's right. So I bet that, right. that I bet that gets a one. Well, you know, it, when when it's all said and done, you got to look at the entire field, and uh, this keeps us um, looking at the fact this may spell problems for scripted programs. There's a lot of talk about that because they just don't have the budget. We'll talk about that in an upcoming episode of Media Insultant, but we're really way over time, Keith. Cause, we're out of here. Because I ran on and on and on about Saga, which I find a very interesting deal. I'm just fascinated to see who's going to come out of the woodwork, okay? So... 
For those of you who really like us and support us, we appreciate your note. Click on the QR code or go to Intown Media at Venmo. We really appreciate it, Keith. we got to run. We'll be back on Friday, though, and we'll talk about is an NFL spot worth almost a million dollars? That could be kind of interesting. That's a TV spot, of course. <laughs> we drop new shows each Tuesday and Friday. The podcast is available on any podcast platform. The video is available on Vimeo under Media Insultant Showcase. We're a production of Intown Media an interim broadcast company. We love any comments at jackson at intownmedia.com. Keith, we'll be back on Friday. I'll see you then, buddy. Okay, now off to the beach.